untiring view. Good evening, good evening, good evening, and welcome to The Caring View, the online health and social care platform for anyone living and working in social care. Before we get started, don't forget to hit that subscribe button, hit that bell. If you're watching us on YouTube, you'll never miss an episode that way. We sort of load them up weeks in advance, and we've got shows booked for the rest of the year. If you're on LinkedIn, give us a follow. Same on Twitter and Facebook. Um, and you can also find us on Spotify and all your major podcasting sites. Just go to www.thecaringview.co.uk and you will find everything out there. I'm annoyed because tonight's the first show with our brand new logo and we completely forgot to change it on our intro, which Mark has just reminded me about. But yes, really excited about our new branding and absolutely fantastic. If you've got any questions, don't forget to pop them into the comments. We'll bring them up throughout the show. Even if you've got any sort of guidance yourself or any top tips yourself, please pop them in there um, and we can then share them with everyone who's watching. So tonight we are talking uh, financial well-being and this is for yourself, for your employees, for your teams, in fact probably anyone you need to know in this current climate that we're living in at this moment in time. Now disclaimer and I've been warned I will have my tongue cut out if I do not say this, there is no advice tonight. This is all guidance. All the top tips that we share tonight are guidance, not actual advice. So don't go away saying oh Caring View advised me to do this, or the guests on the Caring View advised me to do that. We're not allowed to. Um, it is all just guidance, food for thought, food for thought yeah. tonight. Um, and oh, I'm, I'm I'm excited because I mean, obviously, because I got to see Mark again. Now it's like Mark. It's been like forever since I saw you. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, matter of hours, minutes, probably. Yeah, minutes. Yeah, Mark and I actually are just joined at the hip. This camera placing is just very clever. Um, no, not at all. Uh, we've got Kay Price joining us from KP Financial Wellbeing tonight. Hello, Kay. Hi. Hi, Adam. Hi, Mark. Thanks for having me on. You're Thank most you welcome. And Ash and Sophie from HSBC. Hello, both. How are you? Oh, good. How are you both? <laughs> How are we doing? How are we all doing tonight? <laughs> It's good. It's sunny tonight. It's nice. You know, I've got laundry on the line drying, saving me pennies, which is quite exciting because the tumble dryer is going to get retired for the next seven months. It's um, definitely not dry here. It is pouring with rain and thunderstorms. We've got the sunshine up in the north, haven't we, Adam, tonight? Oh, big up for the north tonight, <laughs> honestly. So I don't know what it is. You guys get the sunshine. You guys get the cheaper items in there. I mean, lucky all around. We Londoners, we don't get none of those things. <laughs> I would disagree with you, but last time in London, it was chucking it down. So I'm like, yeah, no, I don't disagree with you. I do not disagree. And £14 for a subway, which was absolutely bonkers. I don't think I've spent any more than £8 on a subway before, and that's with a drink and a pack of crisps. Crazy. <laughs> Honestly. So tonight's all about financial well-being. Now we are in a pinch. Um, I know there's probably people listening to this who probably only like uh, knee high when the last recession happened and the, the whole economy collapsed. And I suppose this is all sort of reeling on from last year's just absolute S storm that was the current government messing everything up. But it's, it's a global problem, this. It's, it's something that's happening all over the world. It's not just in the UK. And people are feeling the pinch. You know, employers are feeling the pinch in social care. It's debating whether we pay for training or whether we buy that new door that we need in our, in our care homes. 
And our employees are thinking, well, do I put fuel in the tank to go to work or do I put food on the table for me and my family? So tonight we really want to discuss the really difficult stuff. There's no shame here tonight. There's no embarrassment here tonight. If you are struggling and you're confident in saying you're struggling and you need some guidance, not advice, please do let us know. Um, I will tell you myself that I struggle. I struggle every single day and direct effect of the, the housing market from when I bought my house and it's you can imagine how annoyed I feel today with the 100% mortgages being announced. Um, but, you know, don't be ashamed. If you don't feel confident in sharing, please don't. That's absolutely fine. Um, but if you do feel confident in, in posing some questions to us, do get them in that chat. Even if you want to put it to us for your employees, something that you can take back and go, did you know that this exists? And you can look into this. Because um, we want to support everybody, you know, huge focus on well-being, huge focus on mental health at the moment, and a portion of our mental health is attributed to the way we live, and if we can't afford to live, that's going to directly affect how we feel, um, how our families feel, how our children feel, how our employers feel. So tonight, really productive, really proactive, just really solid um, guidance from, from everybody. Mark, I'm going to hand over to you. Yeah, no, and I'm going to bounce... It's straight over to the guests because I think let's just dry, dive straight in. I think quite often we'll have the conversation for an hour and we've kind of only just scratched the surface. So I think my first question is going to be, what is your top tip for somebody that might be struggling and maybe doesn't want to admit it, but something that they can do personally themselves, either a website or a resource or something they can just go and access? Who um, wants to first? Let's go to I'll Sophie. go first. Oh, yeah, go <laughs> No problem. So uh, go ahead, Sophie. It's yours. Oh, I love it. I love it. First up. Okay. So my top tip would be um, take time to really take stock of your financial situation. Um, so what I mean by that is I am a little bit old school, and um, probably because I've been in financial services for 10 and a bit years now that I like pen and paper I like going through a budget um I like really kind of stripping it back thinking about what does my financial situation actually look like um there's so many useful calculators out there so things you know on any bank website um or you know the go any of the government websites so there's actually a benefit checker on entitled to so if you're in receipt of benefits or maybe your life has changed somewhat recently and you don't know if you're eligible for means tested benefits um look on entitled to because you might be um alongside making that budget and i think making the budget in terms of the um the form that best suits you so it might be that you download an app and put in all of your information in it it might be that you use one online and you and you and you pop in your information in there you might be like me to write down a bit of pen and paper and just work out income versus outgoings and just get a good view as to what is left is there anything left or is there not um, but I'm sure that Ash and Kay have got other things that they can add to. But definitely looking on, um, you know, government, the government websites, um, a good one for money. There's a great uh, money, obviously, uh, benefit, uh, sorry, budget calculator 
on like the Money Saving Expert website, for example. There's one on our HSBC website. There's lots across all the bank websites. So it doesn't matter who you bank with. Just utilize one of them to make sure you don't forget about anything. Because often when we do our budget, we'll think, oh, yeah, I've got everything on there. And then something comes up and you think, oh, I didn't include that. So really yeah. important to think about that kind of stuff. I agree with you, Sophie. I mean, budget planning is really important what i tend to tell clients and and i feel really old now so because i've been a financial advisor for 24 years so like amazingly long time so yeah pen and paper so i email a budget planner to all my clients anybody that wants to come and talk to me they get a budget planner sent to them in advance just because i think um there's so much emotion attached to money and and how it makes you feel and obviously everyone's really open about how they feel with their mental health. I think it's really important that people are open and honest and talk about it. And one of the things I would give, one of the tips I would say is find somebody who you can talk to about money. Because for some reason in this country, we find talking about money really difficult. So we'll talk about sex more than we would talk about money because it's people are you know people are guilty or people are ashamed or people don't value themselves enough and i think we need to try and if we can if we can if we can get around our emotional attachment to money and our behaviors around money then um you've made an absolutely massive stride forward in my opinion and then to then actually sit down and do a budget planner and and i would always advise my clients to do it a budget for the year rather than the month because mm-hmm. often like sophie said you can forget something or you won't add in holidays for example or the birthdays that you bet you know you buy for every year and your mother's day and your father's day and you know if you really want to get a grasp on your spending habits then you need to plan for like the whole year and then I would put time in your diary every single month to review your budget and make sure that you've kind of tried to stick to that plan. Um, and if you haven't, then kind of assess why it's not gone to plan that month. It might be that, oh, you know, we went to that wedding that we forgot we were invited to or I needed a new outfit or the kids needed something, money for a school trip or whatever it might have been. Um, but I think if you regularly review it, it really keeps you focused on your spending habits. Absolutely. Uh, one of the things that is from me, I'm more like technologically savvy to some degree. So for me, it's the apps out there. I don't understand why people don't use their own mobile and banking app that they have on their own phone. Those are absolutely amazing budgeting app. So let me give you an example. Let's say you have downloaded a budgeting app or you're using your own bank app and all. It actually tells you what are you doing with your money. So it basically breaks down the money for you. So it will tell you, hey, Adam, you're spending 200 pound on shopping spree. Uh, Mark, you're spending, you know, 300 pound on transportation or you're spending 200 pound on online shopping. So what it does basically, it breaks down the money for you. And that's one thing that really helped me as far as a financial well-being consultant is concerned. Living in London, I was using Uber like there's no tomorrow, the five pound, six pound and everything. And I never thought about it that it will add up to so much. But when I downloaded the app and I saw, oh, I'm spending over 250 pound just on Uber. That was a point that, you know, I stopped, you know, uh, had, you know, cycle to work program or other, you know, car sharing program. So one of the things that you can take from today's session is actually download a budgeting app, see how it works for you. Is it user friendly to your taste and all and imply on a monthly basis. As Kate said, you get paid on the 10th of the month or 20th of the month. That is the day that you're going to sit down, review, uh, review your budget again. This month, I have my two kids birthday. 
So I have to review my budget. I have to put a little bit there and I have to cut from the other side. And you have to be realistic. Discipline is one of the main thing when it comes to budgeting. If you don't have it, you're never going to get that. And if you're in debt, that vicious circle is keep on going to keep on coming. So budgeting app is one of my recommendations. Yeah. And it doesn't matter um, like what you earn. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't matter whether you, yeah. you earn £5,000 a year or £500,000 a year. You will yeah. spend what you earn on, on things potentially that you don't need Absolutely. to spend on. And, and it's about, this isn't about, you know, uh, wealthy versus not wealthy. Or it's nothing about, no, no, about no. budgeting your money to your to your needs and what you've got, you know, what's there. And, you know, I've got friends who um, claim benefits for certain things and they still manage to, you know, they, they budget their money really, really well. But I think it's just, I've rubbed off yeah. on them over the years, so they all manage their money really well. Um, but then when I meet some new people, you know, some they can be really rich and go, oh, we haven't got anywhere literally don't have anybody in my back what we need to go absolutely bringing other people into that conversation ash as well isn't it so i think your budget is more likely to not be able to be stuck to if you haven't got your friends family other people that will influence your budget on board so you know being um it's okay to say actually no I can't afford to do that this month Absolutely, um, yeah. and Absolutely. the more that we start kind Absolutely. of saying you know this isn't going to work for me because I can't afford it then the more we open up the conversation to say yeah. well what I can do instead is this it's not because it's not going to make you feel any better actually it makes you feel a sigh of relief once you've said no I can't do it if you know that you can't afford Absolutely. it and rather than having to think of an excuse as to why you can't go to something necessarily yeah. just by being open and saying you know Know what i can't afford a meal out but why don't you come around no. here and have a cup of tea and catch up yeah. you know and it still means you can see your friends it's still it doesn't mean that you put off doing nice things that you like that you want to do but i do think but, the budget's a good point to say actually what would i like what can i in an ideal world what can i afford to spend on my socializing this month if anything and if that's a small amount then we have to work to, to kind of live live with that um and you know i'm sure kay's been there i've been there where you just think it's just not going to work for me this month i've just got to be a little bit more careful i've just got a and it's hard when it's an ongoing sort of cycle maybe you have got debts you've got to pay off first maybe you have got limited amount of money that you can't afford to save um you know i'm paying for my daughter to go to nursery at the moment that's a big chunk of money that we're paying out for but I know that is if we do some budgeting and we stick to what we've allowed ourselves for the month, there are some nice treats you can put in there. But you've just got to be careful with making sure that you yeah. stick to kind of what you've, you know, what you've set out to spend your money on. And I think talking to I your mean... talking to your partner is really important. I think people do often um, shy away from kind of having that conversation I think it's so important if you're in a relationship that you should be able to talk about money uh, so as a financial plan I mean I've got a husband I've got three small children and we went for a walk yesterday with a dog and we talked about our money because it's not something I want to talk about in front of the children because I don't want children to obviously they know about money because we talk about money but in a different way but when we're talking about gosh you know we might need to do this this month or we've got to save for that the holidays in July what we think you know and if, if sitting in front of somebody like this around the dining table is really kind of off-putting then just chat walking the dog you know have a, a, a relaxed conversation about 
even if it's things like, you know, oh, I'm really struggling with money this month, you know, I think I might be going overdrawn or I might, you know, have that conversation before it happens and you don't spiral into a, a problem that you can't then f- kind of fix and get out of. Do you know what I mean? I suppose Absolutely. something there, though, as well about that openness and that transparency of actually being able to go, we can't afford that this month. You then avoid those arguments. You then avoid that. What do you mean we can't afford it? Yeah. What do you mean we can't afford it? You know, you yeah. get rid of that. So one point I wanted to bring up, and it's actually been made in the comments um, as well, and I'll bring that one in now from, from John on um, LinkedIn, is around this keeping up with the Joneses mentality. Now, social media is very much here to stay. Unless we have a complete internet blackout or all the countries decide to absolutely squash free speech, social media is here to stay. And there is very much a living on social media life and then a behind-the-camera life. Absolutely. And I've, I've given up on that now. You know, I'm bald, whatever. I get spots, whatever. I've given up on the face tune and the whole, oh, look how fab my life is. I just don't post anymore because my life is terribly depressing. It's not. But I've not got into that sort of mentality. But there are people, I, I think, of, and there are other religious holidays out there, but I think straight to Christmas yeah. and the idea of the Christmas tree photo going up and a mountain of presents. Look how many presents I've bought. Oh my gosh, I can't wait for tomorrow. And then that Mm. feeling of inferiority that fills you with the whole actually, I can only afford to spend 40 quid on my kids this year. Does that mean I'm a crap parent? No. 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 Exactly. So in regards to the idea of that keeping up the Joneses, what tips do you have for people to sort of try and stay that mentality? It's there and it exists, but what sort of things do you say to people to go, no, stick with your budget, you're fine, you're on track. I would say, um, like, start from the start. Don't wait all the way to Christmas. In a sense, make sure your children know that this is the capability of uh, your parents, right? So my children, one, I have got three of them, 13, 10, and 8 years old. The 13 and the 10 years old, um, I make sure they understand why my our budget is, like family budget, what it is. How much can we really afford? They already know their boundaries. So when it come, times comes, like, for example, for us, it's eat, right? So they know that their limit is only like 30 or 40 pounds. Whereas like my cousins who have, you know, multiple businesses and everything, they get 150 pounds for their children. But my children are happy with that 30 and 40 pounds because that's all dad and mom can afford. So I would say make sure they understand the value of the money from the start, from get-go, all the way to the end, whether it's an event, whether it's a birthday, whatever it is. Like, for example, opening children's bank account for them, right? My 13-year-old has a bank account. He has a monthly income that he gets in, you know, from us for doing the chores and everything. So, you know, these information from the start, if you give your children, they will be very successful by the time they're 18 and 19. Adam, I think I put this uh, question to you last time. Um, I said, you know, if you have a 3,000 pound credit card and you're paying 19% APR, you're paying 74 pound a month minimum payment, how long do you think it's gonna take you to make that payment? If you ask any banker, they won't be able to answer that for you. But my 13 year old will tell you, it will take you 27 year, eight months. So he will think twice before taking a credit card. So these are the information that you should yeah. be implementing from beforehand. Yeah, I mean, so, I had a couple, go on, sorry. I was gonna sorry, say, I had to say before anyone, sorry, I, I, I'll let you continue your thought, but I just wanna put this out there for if you want to respond with an additional sort of responses. APR, what the heck? Because I have no idea. I don't know what's good APR, what's bad APR. What sort of things, you know, guidance-wise, should yeah. we be avoiding if we are struggling? So just if in your response to this whole, you know, keeping up with the Joneses thing, that yeah. sort of anything around APR you can say, because I don't know, A, what it stands for, B, what's good and what's bad. And yeah, I'm lost. 
I've, I, in fact, I don't even look at credit cards anymore because it just terrifies me. I don't know what to go for. Go on, Sophie. You, I was know. just, I was going to say that APR is your annual percentage rate of interest. So if you are going to borrow, and not all borrowing is bad. So actually, mm -hmm. we've got to get, we've got to be okay to borrow money. If we, if we want to borrow money, we can. We can. Yeah. We should yeah. try to seek borrowing with the lowest kind of APR that's that's out there generally as a rule of thumb. So if you are looking to borrow money on a personal loan, you're looking around for a credit card deal, then you're looking at the small APR rate. And generally that's the, the rate that most customers get offered. Basically, it's not 100% customers. So what you can see is that when you make an application, the APR rate can go up um, when the offer comes back to accept you or not to accept you. So that's one thing that you want to keep your eye on if you do make any applications for credit. Um, it's important to make sure that I, I guess when you look to borrow money that you have got the means to be able to pay it to pay it back yep. and what Ash was talking about there was giving an example of somebody that's making a minimum repayment over the length of time that that would actually take them to pay that whole, the money back the £3,000 back um, you know being such a long period of time whereas somebody that would fix a payment and not just pay the minimum back could pay it back considerably quicker so Absolutely. ideally you're looking to pay back any credit facility in full um, especially personal loans obviously you wouldn't want to default on those because that could have a negative impact on your credit report and obviously your credit report is something that you should try to look after and you can get that um, you know, you can get a statutory credit report. If you don't want to sign up with any agency, you can get a statutory credit report for £2. So that's yeah. something that you can get at any time. It's the report that's more important than the score. The score is an indicative kind of view of the report without having to do all the reading through it. The report's where the important information is to make sure that everything on there is actually factually correct about you. And it's really just a place that stores any lending that you have so even if you have a mobile phone on contract that's lending yeah. that will show on your credit report um so it's important to look after it but I, I guess in terms of um going back into this this question a little bit Adam in terms of you know keeping up with the Joneses and the kind of the original question in terms of borrowing I would just say you know try not to borrow for things that you don't need to borrow money yeah. you don't need to borrow for and that's one of the big things is you know when we get to Christmas people can tend to go into it thinking I don't want to borrow money and then it comes to November halfway through November you think I can't afford I'm just gonna have to yeah. pay it on my credit card mm -hmm. and it's the hardest thing to say no I'm not gonna yeah. um and I love the way Ash shared about his family um very similar with mine that you know I've got young children they don't really mind they write they're more happy with the cardboard box and the <laughs> sellotape <laughs> to be honest um so again, I you know I don't feel pressure um, as much as I as much as I can to say actually you know you have your present and then whatever I can afford and and that's that and I think it is about talking including your children in key activities. So if you are planning maybe a, a night away somewhere, a little trip away, you're maybe you're going to see Nan and Grandad, maybe you're doing something that costs you some money to go there maybe get your children involved in that. So how much did it cost us for this trip to go and see Nana mm -hmm. Grandad today? How much was the car journey there? We bought lunch when we were there. How much did that cost us? So they, you bring them into that conversation earlier on so they mm -hmm. realise that actually it costs money to do things and the, there's no right time to do that. You do it from as early on as possible. So they're learning kind of that value of value of money as, they, as they're continuing. Yeah. I agree with you, Sophie. I think my so my girls are 15, um, 10 and 8. 
no, they're not. Ten and six. What I said eight. So the fifteen, ten, and six. So quite a quite a wide range of age. Um, and like my eldest daughter, she gets pocket money like yours does Ash. Um, she, we use a Go Henry card for her, um, so you can see what she spends on, and she can put some of it in savings, and she can do a little bit of charity giving, and just kind of get her into the whole world of you know, don't spend every penny. She has a part-time job, and she literally Good. saves that money in a tin, constantly saves it, and then when she wants to buy something, she'll go and buy something. So I've kind of tried to. Imp- imp- make sure she understands that if you want it you need to save for it first and we talk openly about the, the whole you know no we can't afford to do that or that costs too much money yeah christmas last year my middle daughter was asking for a particular gift for christmas um the two young ones still believe in santa um and i just had to around and say we don't send Santa that much money for your present. Now, no, I've never said that to my children before. I've always let them believe that Santa brings all the gifts. But she was a bit like, well, Father Christmas will bring it. You're not buying it. It doesn't matter. I'm like, well, actually, we are buying it. And I've only yeah. got so much money that we will give Father Christmas for your gifts. Well, such and such a body said she's getting it. Like, well, their mum and dad might have more money than us. So then they can have that gift for Christmas. So I have. So we've had those kind of conversations mm. with our children. And the thing, <laughs> that's it. Um, and I think, um, like you're saying about keeping up with Joneses, we do live in a ridiculous society where people think. I'm sure we've not got many kids logged on tonight, have we, Matt? <laughs> it's bedtime um, now. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think a lot of people see what other people have got and think that that's normal. Yep do that and you've got you've got you know my my parents generation were of the belief that you you saved to get what you wanted you didn't just rush out and get credit or go out and get a loan or whatever um and i think these days it sometimes is a needs must situation like sophie said so i've always i always talk about if you do have credit cards or you do have debt try and pay off the ones that are the highest interest rate uh accruing debts first because mm. ideally what you want to be doing is trying to get credit cards or not percent deals on on credit cards if you can just so you can pay them off and not pay too much interest um so it's about being savvy with things like that you know your loans your mortgages making sure that you don't let your mortgage roll over to a variable rate and then be stuck you know always have your you know your eye on the prize of when the next rate's due because as we know rates have gone through the roof and that's not been I know you are yeah. about reason. It's not been great, um, but then there are still good deals out there as long as you shop around. Of and course. setting up a calendar as well, so you yeah. don't have to remember it all on top of your head. Have a calendar. You know what's wrong with having a calendar up in the kitchen? Nothing. This is running out on this date. Yeah. This is running out on this date. So it gives yeah. you that prompt a couple of weeks before it's due. Start yeah. shopping around. And the auto renewal if you need it. Yeah, the auto renewal thing is is the big one. And I've got my own example of that. I've just had my car insurance email through. That last year was six hundred and nine pounds, and this year they want seven hundred and ninety nine pounds. I've not even made a claim. So I will be going on Money Supermarket, Go Compare, you name it, and I'll be finding myself yeah. a better car insurance deal. I do it with my home insurance. I did it with my pet insurance. You, travel is, you know, anything that you pay on an annual basis that renews, you will get a yeah. cheaper deal if you just put a little bit of work into it. Speaking of the tips, uh, there's this um, there's a survey done that around 8 million mobile phones are still and which have gone out of contract and people are still paying that enormous fee. So for example, yeah. Adam, you had a, let's say a, a, you had an iPhone that you were paying 70 pound a month for the last two years. 
that contract still continuing for 8 million people because they never got the, not that they didn't have the time, but they didn't have the patience to pick up the phone and say, you know what? I want SIM only deal, 10 pound a month. That's it. Happy days. Yeah. That's the issue, right? That picking up the phone, making that commitment. Uh, first of all, I don't even understand why people have iPhone 14 paying 70 pound a month. I just don't get it when I see a, like, you know, a 13 year old uh, going around with iPhone 14 or 13 just doesn't make any sense. But at least make those changes. At least, you know, you don't have to pay such an enormous fee. Change it to a SIM only contract or something in that category. What Sophie said with regards to benefit checker, right? Yeah. If I give you figures, it's 16 billion of worth of unclaimed money just, just sitting with the government. 16 billion. And that people, you know, people are, are eligible just not claiming. for. Yes. And they just don't claim it because they just don't think that they are entitled to any government benefits. And yeah. that's the and and it's it's crazy because yeah. you just put it in on the entitled to, for example, the benefits checker. Here's my situation. Here's my partner situation. Yeah. Are we eligible for anything? And it, it should be a five, 10 minute job. Yeah, that's right. And it's safe, secure. There's no issue. It's a government site. So they check everything and they let you know at the end. I mean, there's loads of things that we can look into in order to balance our uh, more, I mean, balance our budget at the end of the month. Yeah. Uh, really good thing. Uh, when we talk sometimes, me and Sophie, we always, because we have almost the same similar number of children, we talk about shopping, right? One of the things that I don't understand is why people are going and buying, the, you know, similar supermarkets, but they're going to buy from a fancy supermarket and pay 30 or 40 percent more where you can buy the similar product from a supermarket that is not that expensive. You know, going on pages like finding which are the cheapest supermarket and going mm -hmm. your monthly or weekly shopping from there. Uh, from our point of view, uh, me and Sophie, we do our shopping on a weekly basis. So I go with my children and everything or my wife on every Sunday and we buy product for those seven days from our favorite supermarket and we don't buy anything extra because we know on Monday we're going to have lasagna on Friday yeah. we're going to have fish and chips and yeah. we're only going to buy those seven products not only we are sustainable we're not throwing any bins out uh, we have saved over 30 or 40 percent especially with the cold, cold coping with the cost of living so yeah. you have to make all these small small changes in order to benefit as a whole Meal planning is just the way forward. I've done it for absolutely, absolutely years and years. I make a meal plan for every week. Sometimes the kids will go, oh, we're not having that again, are we, Mom? I'm like, yes, we are. <laughs> um, but, but we just buy the ingredients that we need for those meals. Um, yep. So, I mean, I, I shop at a supermarket that begins with an A and ends in an I. And Me I too. <laughs> and <laughs> it's amazing. But I've absolutely. noticed my shopping for a family of five is now about... I don't know, 30% more expensive than it was previously. So we're really having to kind of think about what we're what we're spending our money on. So where we might have had a takeaway at a weekend, we've stopped doing that. I've sort I've sort of said, what we're spending 30, 40 quid on a takeaway for mm. for one meal. That's yeah. just ridiculous. So little small changes like that for everybody that's watching, if they're struggling financially, will really, really help. And then that's when you start to see your bank account feel a little bit healthier at the end of every month and we're not sat here saying life's miserable don't do anything fun but if people are struggling to find ways to make ends meet at the moment then they're the little changes that you can make so like you said about the mobile phone if your mobile phone's due for an upgrade why upgrade it, it doesn't need to be upgraded does it just keep paying what you're paying or get a better deal on the contract that you're already on if you can't you know if you're thinking of getting a new car do you need a new car can it wait another 12 months until things start to settle down 
Um, exactly. And it's just that. It's just making life choices, isn't it, now, I think. Subscriptions yeah. as well, Kay, is another big one that we oh. see a lot. So we see yeah. a lot of people with loads of subscriptions um, when we have a one-to-one -one financial health check and yeah. even the things you do use but maybe you could be a bit more savvy so you might have multiple streaming services and at yes. the end of the day you think you can only Apple watch one, music. one at one time yeah. so you think I might you know I might have Netflix I might have Amazon Prime but I might you know I might have all these things Apple TV whatever and you think about it and you look at it then you're looking on your TV package on top of that and you just think is it worth it? Do I use? And it's the question. Yeah. And that's where we said it started right at the back at the beginning of the show, reviewing your budget and making yeah. sure that what you spend your money on is what you want to be spending your money on. And if it's not, if it, if you look at it and you think, oh, that's quite a lot, you know, yeah. then you can think, okay, well, what could I try differently? And it is a trial and error. It is going through and thinking, right, that does work. This doesn't work, you know, and, and going mm -hmm. through it and not, and not being too hard on yourself with your budget until you do get yeah. to a space where you're getting yeah. it right. But I also think that we've we've touched on credit. I think it's an important one to call out in terms of the fact that there are, we put a big disclaimer on this saying we can't give advice, but there are certainly debt advice charities out there. And I think that if you look at your budget and you think it just doesn't, it's never going to add up, like I just don't have enough money. I don't know where to go. Um, maybe you've got existing debts. You don't know how to pay them off best. You just maybe you've got people that are sending you letters through for demands, bits and pieces. Then um, knowing that you can go through. Um, so Step Change is a big national um, debt advice charity that that's out there that you can literally book in a call with them and they'll they'll give you a call back. Um, you can go through National Debt Line, for example. There's the ones that are free debt charities, established debt charities are really useful um, and worth their weight in gold if you don't know where to turn in terms of your finances. Yeah. But aside from that, if you didn't feel comfortable to go to them, then go to your lender and just say, you know, this is where I'm at. You don't have to miss a payment anymore to be able to approach your lender pre, you know, post pandemic. We're, we're in a space now where we can say, do you know what? This is, you know, I'm in a bit bit of a precarious position here um and I'm you know I'm not sure how I'm gonna be able to do it and they will help you yeah. um there is this thing called breathing space now um they can give you breathing space where they're not going to send you any more letters but again you know debt advice charities can do this sort of stuff and action it for you on your behalf so you don't have to know about how to you know deal with your debts yourself um but I certainly would say if you are worried about any of your bills miss you know maybe missing a payment always call up your, the provider and say I think I'm going to miss it this month this is a situation they will try and help you as much as possible yeah. but if it is a bit of gonna it's a bit of a you're in that vicious cycle and you just don't know where to go then speaking to somebody like step change or national deadline um is is really worthwhile um, because I, I know we spoke about money and mental health, but again, I, I, I would sort of, you know, view it that it's better to get help earlier on because actually yeah. the, the earlier on you get the support, the easier mm -hmm. it can yes. be. But debt is never, you, debt is never something that stays with you forever. So yeah, even if you go, yeah. even if you go bankrupt, you can still recover, right? That's the, that's yeah. the, the great thing about money is that you can, you can, there's always a way out with money. Um, yeah. So I think that's and a real can, positive. You can Google thing. as well. If you Google like top twenty debt management companies, yeah. like the Money Helper will come up. Mm. Sits and advise. Even shelters on there. So if you're having trouble with your housing situation, so many different companies that you can turn to for other 
support that you might need in terms of, like, say, managing debt and those kind of problems. The only thing I also wanted to, when you were talking about supermarkets that popped into my head, is there will obviously be a lot of people working in health and social care, and it's remembering things like the blue light card that you're all entitled to, using websites like Quidco or Top Cashback, Mm. and also most of the supermarkets now have some kind of loyalty offering so make sure you've subscribed to whatever that is and it might only be one pound back or whatever but that one pound is soon going to add up over a period of time Um, have you all all seen the five pound bags you can buy now from lots of different places i need to remember what the app's called actually because um so basically Um, too good to go isn't it what's it called There's too one good called to go. too good to go. Yes. Yeah. It's a revelation. I didn't know anything about it. And I was like, oh, my God. So, like, wherever you live, there's restaurants and takeaways and supermarkets yeah. that you can reserve a bag and at the end of the day. So, like, no, no, where I live, there's a harvesters. And you can literally go and pick up, like, a full meal at the end of the evening that they've not sold. And eat so they sold. do it with Starbucks. They do it with that. They Starbucks do it with Morrison. A couple of other ones break to it. it. Yeah. But there's other apps as well. It's just that we're not allowed to mention those ones in here. Well, I'm not going to be mentioning them. But there are apps out there that does these type of things for you. There are some apps that are actually absolutely free of charge. So Tesco mm. and other companies are interrelated to that. So if you do go on a food sharing app, if you Google food sharing app, these yeah. one will pop up. And absolutely amazing. This has helped a lot of people even during COVID that yeah. they didn't have, you know, uh, jobs and things like this actually came on the basis of that. So really absolutely amazing things out there for help. I know one of and the even when it goes one of to the food. Yeah, go on, go on. No worries. Oh no, I was just gonna say I live in a village and one of the most popular apps here is Olio, O L I O. And it's yes. giving people just gifting things all the time, food, electricals, clothes, you name it. It just yeah. pops up on my phone all the time of people that are giving things away that they just don't need. A bit like your modern day free cycle. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. but it's like rather than taking the stuff you don't want to a charity shop. You can actually give it to somebody before it goes to the charity shop that actually might use it and might not even be able to afford to buy it from the charity shop. So I know we're kind of cutting a little bit of the charity sector out there, but actually, if somebody needs that item, it's better to go to somebody that really needs it. It's going directly to the person who needs it instead of the middle person to some degree. You three won't be able to say this, but I will. Uh, You know, it depends on what we define as charity nowadays, whether we mean actually paying some CEO loads of money because they can live a really fancy life on a six-figure salary or giving to people in need. And that's what charity really is, isn't it? It's making sure people in need have access to it. I think this brings me on to um, a sort of important one now then. So anyone my age or younger will probably have heard, cancel your Netflix, don't go to Costa, don't go to Starbucks, don't do Mm -hmm. this, buy as the smart price, do that, do this. What sort of guidance or tips do you have for people who are worried that they're heading towards this lower class of society where it's like, I can't afford Heinz beans, so I'm eating, you know, as the smart price. And there's that stigma around it. Now, don't get me wrong. Morrison's own Jaffa Cakes are so much better than Jaffa Cakes. They're they're like 30p. They're they're fantastic. Honestly, there's still a bit of a bite to them. They're, They're brilliant and they save you a lot of money. But there is that. There was the concern when as the rebranded and everything went into that yellow packaging that you could spot people who were harder off than others in the supermarket. And there is that stigma. What sort of tips can you give to people who are worried about skimping and going to that? And is there anything to be ashamed of? 
Absolutely not, no. Absolutely not. I mean, um, but they shouldn't feel ashamed, uh, first of all. It's a mental thing that you have. people have to change around, right? Um, yeah. We are going to go through this um, through this uh, low kind of economy turn, uh, turn down for at least another year, year and a half or two year plus. So as, um, as, as people, we need to adjust to that environment as well. Now, you said with regards to age, I was there in 2008, 2009, uh, you know, when the mortgage industry collapsed. And I was working as a, a mortgage advisor at that time. For the next three years, I was delivering pizza. Every day I was delivering pizza, day and night, you know, 12, 14 hours a day. I wasn't ashamed. There was my manager who was doing exactly the same thing. He was actually worked in the pizza shop as a pizza maker for a little bit while. So we all go through that process, right? Uh, but the way that I think about it, would it be a shame the next day that you wouldn't have a roof over your head if you come to the street? Because you might be, most of us are only two paychecks away from going to the street, being on the street, just two paychecks away. And that is a main issue. If we are feel shame or feel, you know, this is a cheaper item, I don't feel anything like that at all. Um, I find the best deal, voucher land or anything in that category to find the best deal for myself. So just before anyone else comes in, and this is just to show vulnerability so people don't need to feel ashamed. In January this year, I almost became homeless. And I struggled to talk about this without feeling emotional because I think a lot of people thought, oh, you're being dramatic and this and that and this and that. No. And Mark knows the struggles I went through with this. I was renting a property. It went up for sale. There was nowhere for rent in my area. Nowhere. There was nowhere to rent in my area. The day a rental property went up, it went. Yeah. I was self-employed at the mm -hmm. time. I didn't have two years worth of books. I couldn't get a mortgage because I had no children. And myself and my partner earned a wage. We weren't entitled to anything. And I had enough money in the bank to see me through for the month. And that was it. Yeah. And I moved into my house. I mean, it's you know, it's a success story. We finally worked things around, managed to get a mortgage, literally by phoning everybody, begging for money, just basically saying, can we get this mortgage? What can we do? What would need to change for me to be able to get this? We moved in on our house completion date the day we got evicted from our rental property. I was that wow. close from homelessness. So don't be ashamed about yeah. anything that comes with it. It's it's difficult. And we are all teetering on that edge. So just be honest and open with people. It's, and also, Heinz Beans are crap compared to <laughs> supermarket-owned brands. And if you look at your things like your Benadryl and your Paracetamols and your Anadins, most of them are manufactured and have the exact same ingredients as your basic bog-standard cheap stuff. So never feel ashamed to buy it. But Honestly, if you are struggling, don't don't be afraid to talk. Don't be afraid to beg. You, you know, know what and people. You think people are embarrassed, or you think people might be ashamed because they don't think other people are in the same situation as they are. But more people than ever are in a very similar situation. So it's kind of become a bit of the norm now for people to look for bargains and to buy own branded products and to do different things to save money. You know, I run a financial planning practice. I still meal plan. I still tell my kids yeah. I can't afford. So, you know, it, it, it's my, my, my gas and electric bill for one month in January, it was 620 pounds in my house. And honestly, I'm not even joking. I nearly cried 620 pounds and I'm going, how the hell are people doing this month in and month out yeah. and month in and month out? It went down to sort of 590 quid one month. Then I ended up running around the house like an absolute idiot going, turn the lights off. Why is the lights on in your bedroom? Turn that light off. Turn this TV. Why have we got a TV on? And I've turned into my mother. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. 
So, and I remember my mum and dad doing it when we were kids, you know, it's like Blackpool Illuminations in here, turn the lights off and all those kind of sayings that actually ingrain your money beliefs into you as a child. So I try so much not to do that to yeah. my children because it is the stigma of, of, of that and the shame around money comes from being Absolutely. a really young person, actually. Um, so I think encouraging and, and financial literacy is obviously now on the curriculum which is great for schools um and and i think you know that means that our children will come through a generation that know more about money and understand money more and i'm, I sure, hope so. I'm sure you guys do the same as us but we do financial education in schools we do programs for schools we do it in the workplace um but we're kind of plugging that trying to plug a gap that there's a big cohort of people that aren't there that come through school that come to work they don't know what taxes or what a pension is or what how to budget with them with their money and now we're here to kind of help support those people in that area uh, and hope that you know we can kind of help the children of the future here. they come into the workplace more educated about it we we talked a lot about it goes to budgeting and you know everything else but we should also put a little bit of emphasis what it goes to when it comes to saving um you know i speak to hundreds and hundreds of people on a monthly basis you know we do financial health check and all but at the same time i tell them okay let's go through your budget what is happening in here okay i'm spending so much on a subscription so much on my gym and this and that are you able to put 20 pound a month on a monthly basis on your saving they say no to me and i say how could it be possible that you can't put 20 pound on the site so every one of us anyone that is on this call as well they should start their saving from somewhere whether it's 10 pound whether it's 20 pound you do need those three month of emergency funds in case something happens i always tell it to my clients if COVID has shown us something that we're all vulnerable my wife was working at a you know high-end you know job making 80 or 90 thousand a year all of a sudden COVID happened entertainment industry closed down all of a sudden nothing you know but if she didn't have those three months of you know survival money or emergency money they would have been in pain so i also tell my clients be selfish a little bit about yourself for your own uh, sake in a sense save a little bit of money if anything happens to your health or mental well-being there's no money coming in and everybody in your family including yourself will start to suffer so it's important to concentrate on yourself as well you know we um kay and sophie and you guys are probably already know you know there's a formula called a 50 30 20 rule it was set up by elizabeth warren she's an active u.s senator and she has written amazing books when it comes to uh, you know budgeting she says 50 percent of your money should go toward your needs uh 20 should go towards saving and paying off debt but 30 percent should go toward your wants that means you know financial well-being goes hand in hand with mental well-being so you know spend a little bit money on yourself you know do that uh paintball shooting which i love or manicure or pedicure or sneakers of marks like buy those things on a monthly basis or once a month whatever makes you happy but you know it's important to keep an eye on your mental well-being as well yeah no absolutely we touched briefly on pensions and that was one of the questions i had so i know definitely in my organization there's a low uptake on pensions that has been in previous organizations I've worked for and frontline staff just you know they say that they need that money because they need to pay the bills guidance around pensions because obviously later on in life they're gonna think oh actually I wish I'd put some money aside even if it was what Ash was saying actually just put it into your own personal bank account and take it out as you can what what would be kind of the guidance around pensions for, well, for us, for, for me and my clients particularly, um, so quite a lot of my clients are members of the NHS pension. 
um, anyway. And there was a huge um, kind of exodus of a lot of nursing staff that's kind of had to, I don't know, it was in the news, I don't know if you read about it, but quite a lot of nurses had to sort of say, I, I'm going to have to stop contributing to the pension um, so I can put food on the table and, and all those things. I think what happens with pensions is you're just giving yourself a, a harder problem in the future if you don't pay your pension now. Uh, you're just delaying uh, a longer term problem. And, you know, without giving advice, you're obviously the benefits that you lose from coming out of your pension is not just your contribution going into your pension, but your employer's contribution and the tax relief that comes from the government. All of those things are extra money going into your pot. Um, and if you decide to take a pause on your pension, often people pause and then life goes back to normal and think, oh, I've got used to having that money again now. And then they don't go back in the pension when they said they would have a six month break. And then that six months turns into six years. So I would say, no, do not come out of your pension or absolutely yeah. get into your pension if you're not in it already, because, you know, um, you need that money to live on, uh, you know, to give you some, I've just got some information up here, some kind of some sort of stats of what moderate and, and normal pensions would look like. Um, and I don't Is know. Is this on the retirement living standards? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's a really oh, interesting oh. website yeah. to look at. Um, yeah. If you've never looked at your pension, the retirement living standards are something to have a look at. Um, they look at, you know, as a pension for a, for a single a person, a couple, wh whatever you, you feel your situation may look like at retirement yeah. and give yeah. you the different views as to whether it would be a modest sort of oh, yeah, lifestyle. I've got, the, I've got or... the figures up here, though. So I've got the figures. So he's saying here now, so for a minimum standard of living uh, with a weekly food budget of £54 and a one week and one weekend away in the UK each year, the latest figures show that a single person would need £12,800 a year to live on and a couple would need 19900 To get um, a, a more of a moderate standard of living in retirement, um, it would be an individual would need 23300 and a couple 34000 That's giving you a, a moderate uh, food budget of £74 a week, obviously in today's, today's terms, with two weeks holiday in Europe and one long weekend. I don't know where they get this from, but... <laughs> They pick the things you might like to do. Yeah, I think so, yeah. <laughs> and they've got a comfortable standard of living um, with a generous food budget. A single person would need 37,300 and a couple would need 54,500. Um, and obviously, if you decide to put a pause on that for yourself, then you're just delaying yeah. the, the, the problem for the future. So you've got to be putting something in. You've got to be... You know, the state absolutely three quid a week, isn't it? The current um, state pension, if you get maximum yeah. contributions in, that's another thing to give you viewers um, is maybe to just to check up on your state pension to see whether you've got any national insurance contributions that you could be topping it up with. Use the retirement calculators as well. So if you don't know, I, th I think it starts by having a bit of an idea as to what you've currently got. So yeah. have a look back and see, you know, where have you worked? What pensions have you got in place? Are any of them frozen and kind of sitting there untouched, unloved? Taking your pension into kind of, you know, from something you'd probably put off to being something that you are actively having a, having a look at to see how yeah. much have you got built there. How much is your current contribution at the moment? 
um, as Kay said, then you've got all the tax relief and kind of the opportunity to increase, the, you know, the money that you're, that you're earning. Because if you're taking it into your pension, you're getting that tax relief versus yeah. taking it home. Um, and dependent upon your tax um, status, whether you're a low rate tax, you know, basic rate taxpayer or high rate tax taxpayer, that will, you know, that will obviously vary and depend on that. But if you put in on a pension, calc pension calculator, there's one on um, the money uh, helper website, for example. Yeah. Um, if you put in how much you're putting in, how much your employer's putting in, if they do put any anything, you know, maybe you've got a government one, maybe it's through Nest, so you might have to yeah. have a look on on there or just find out who it's with. You know, you can put it, plug in some sort of information in terms of how old would you like to be when you retire? How much of a pension pot do you think? And you can start it from, you know, thinking about, you know, your life now. Obviously, things can change, but if you've got a house, you've, you know, it's on a mortgage. You know, ask yourself the question: Do you think it could be paid off? Because if it is, then that's, you know, you wouldn't need to kind of cover your housing payments and things like that. But it is starting to ask the questions that aren't the yeah. easiest ones to answer rather than leaving it and again there's a lot of people out there that will say well I would rather do something else so maybe I'd rather have a second home or maybe I'd rather do something else other than paying to my pension but I think you've got to look at the um you know the the maths behind it basically to say what would put me in a better position what is the opportunity cost if if I if I don't pay into my pension in yeah. terms of like tax reliefs and things like that whereas you're investing the money somewhere else what you know do you lose any kind of opportunity to save yourself some tax efficiency there you know, what love... is your what's your plan and, and diversifying as well um Absolutely. so you know with your pension you tend to kind of be invested in funds and if you don't do anything with it you'll tend to be invested in a default a default scheme that will put you in higher risk when you're younger and it will move you lower risk as you get towards close towards retirement age whereas if you had bought a house for example second house rent, rental house that's not going to be treated the same way in terms of looking at your level of risk and diversification of funds in different bits and pieces so I just think it's important to look at what have you got and you know what do you want and you know the longer you leave it the more you're going to have to put in for the same effect to happen in terms of compounding interest compounding growth later on in life if you if you don't ask yourself the question earlier on. absolutely and one thing i want to say <clears throat> when it goes to a pension when it comes to it like i don't understand why people are not doing the contribution for let's say a company gives you know they're doing 10 percent matching contribution that is literally free money that the company is giving you why are you not contributing the similar amount if it's seven percent or ten percent or going forward not only that you have the tax efficiency right you're not paying taxes and again i go back to my same point that i speak to my client be selfish about yourself to some degree as well because when you are retired are your children going to take care of you or are you going to take care of yourself at the end are you going to be a burden on them or are you going to be you know a self-sufficient uh, uh, person so it's a couple of questions that you need to really seriously ask yourself is my pension enough? Have I gone on my pension calculator? Because, you know, 55 or 65 or whatever is our, uh, you know, retirement age is going to be, it's just around the corner. It's not that far. It's not right around the corner for me. It just seems to be keep going. Every time I have a birthday, it goes up a few years. I'm just <laughs> never getting away from it. We've had a couple of um, questions come in. I'll bring in um, John's one first. Any guidance um, for people being auto-enrolled? Um, 
They've not got a pension history, but they're being enrolled when they're close to their retirement age. Any guidance there, whether somebody should or shouldn't be enrolled? Is that with like the nest pensions? That would be like with the government yeah, pension so, that you yeah. have to be, that they do, I mean, they do enroll you. You are auto enrolled. You can obviously opt out of it. With the big thing with pensions is to take is it worthwhile taking advice if you are nearing retirement um again re advice does cost money um just to throw it out there in terms of the fact that people won't give you pensions advice for free but you can get a pension wise free appointment if you're um, approaching retirement that is a free information sort of consultation yeah. um but it would be i think in in my view would be worthwhile having a look to see in your per in your situation john yourself what you know is it worth you coming out of the being enrolled is it worth you coming out of the auto enrollment but you know what would you know what does your your own situation look like would be kind of where i'd go with it because you wouldn't want to opt out of something but they do it's because of the government they put it in this auto enrollment a couple of years ago to try and encourage people to start saving into their pension as early as possible basically because there is this big kind of pension crisis that people aren't saving enough um okay i don't know if you wanted to add anything to that but i would say look at your own situation and try yes. and fathom yeah, out what's the yeah, I've been looking at if if you're asking the question, should you be or to should you be opting out because you're close to retirement? I'd want to know a bigger picture of your circumstances because mm. what are you going to retire on if you're opting out of your auto enrollment? What what have you already got in place? You said you have no pension history, so that make, makes me wonder whether you, you know if you if they're going to enrol you and contribute, then why not be in it? Yeah, yeah. Thank you very so much. So tomorrow, um, I'm going to message my employer and ask to go back in my pension scheme because <laughs> I just, up until now, could not afford it. I mean, still probably can't afford it, but now I'm thinking... God, but a little, yeah. a little... I've got no kids, early. what's going to happen? No, a little bit earlier, though. This is the, the I guess, one of the key points myself, Ash and Kay have said, a little bit earlier saves you a lot in the long run. You yeah. have to make, you have to pay in much more the longer you leave it. Whereas if you put in a... It yeah. can be a small amount each month. That doesn't matter. Because it'll get the power something. of compound, won't it? Yeah. So you yeah. get interest, no, you get growth on the money that you've invested in your pension that then gets growth on the growth on the growth. So it's like a snowball effect. So essentially you're getting compounded yeah. growth on your money, even if you put a small amount in. I think it's like anything. When I talk about pensions and savings with my clients, I tell them to see them as a bill. So they're part of their monthly budget, not yeah. on top of. So that, because yeah. otherwise what happens is you'll, you'll do your expenditure and you go, oh, well, I only have £300 a month disposable income, let's say. And you'd say, well, that's okay, £300 a month disposable income. But if 150 of that was going into your ISA, for example, or your pension, you'd have £150 a month disposable income. But because you think you've got £300 disposable income, you'll spend that and you won't put any of it in your pension or any of it in your savings. So treat it like a bill, like a direct debit that comes out of all your expenditure and then what's left is your disposable yep. income. Yeah, that's I would say do the same thing with regards to your saving as well. Have direct debit. You get paid on the tenth of the month. Twenty pound is gone. Yeah. You have never seen it. Nothing happened to it. No. You're never going to go back into it. Just about yeah. creating good habits. Absolutely. Um, early on, you know, from from the point that you start work, and if you've not done them yet, do them now because it's never too late to start a good habit.
Nice. And staying on the subject of pensions, another question, um, any guidance on people wanting to put different pots together without having to pay a fee? They can if they don't want advice. So they can use a number of companies out there that will put them together for them, but they won't give them any financial advice. So I was going to say, I um, my current pension is with Nest, and I know Nest offer a free service that does that. You just have to go through the through the links and bits and pieces. So it's yeah. probably worth checking with your pension advisor or your pension company about whether they do that or not. Yeah. Yeah. Do they accept transfers in? Is there, yeah. and also dependent upon the amount that you're looking to transfer as well. Sometimes yeah. you have to take advice because of the amount you're looking to transfer out. Probably, probably yeah. I'm opening a can of worms here, but it does oh, yeah. depend on. <laughs> it does depend on what you're. It does depend on what you're looking to move across. But you can amalgamate. Um, there are companies out there that try to make it easier. But it's worth looking at transfers in, transfers out, and and asking yeah. the questions. First and of I all, think, you need to track think, it down. Yeah, and I think if you yeah, if you can track them down, that's the first thing. But I think if you if you want to make plans for your retirement, if you want to have a financial plan and you want advice about that plan and regularly ongoing advice about that plan and help supporting you on how to which investments to choose and which funds yeah. to be invested in and all of the other stuff that myself, Sophie and Ash do for a living, then you would pay a fee depending on who you went to work with for doing that work. But you would have a hand being held along the whole process and be getting financial advice and ongoing advice from that person. So with my clients, for example, they have an annual review with me and we talk about how is the plan doing, what's going, you know, what's changed, do we need to change anything else? How's it performed, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. But that's going down advice, so we'll stop there. Thank you very much. Very conscious of time. There was one question I had um, that came in pre-show was around technology. Um, so we know obviously health and social care isn't the most technology, technology, don't know what the word is, advance. Um, is there any technology out there that can support with, obviously we've touched on apps, is there anything else like that? I think sometimes, and I, I think it popped into the comments, you know, we see on social media, invest in this and it will pay off later down the line and invest in this app or do that. Any oh. apps, any technology or? See, I'm, I'm one of those people who try everything and anything that's on social media. So I'm like the social media. I, I follow all these cryptocurrencies, all those, you know, the ones that say, you know, your money is going to be triple or quadruple and all. Three months down the line, the, the whole site is gone. Every time it happens, I follow over 600 plus people and it happens day in and day out. There has never been a quick solution that you're going to get millionaire overnight or anything like that. So unfortunately, there is none of them out there. All I can suggest, make sure any app that you're downloading, make sure they're FCA approved app so that your money is protected. You, the app is protected as, uh, as well. And they're also good. I mean, we didn't touch anything as far as investment and everything is concerned. But investment has also become a sense of a um, anybody can invest nowadays, right? Yeah. So there are apps, uh, there are uh, parts within your own banking that they do these type of investment. They're called robo investment. So you can invest anywhere between you know ten pound all the way to ten thousand pound without taking any advice or anything. So contact your own bank and financial institution. They might have it. If not. 
look on Google Robo Investment and see the one which have FCA approval and try it out. They also give you like a free money to play on a live platform. So let's say they give you a hundred thousand pounds to play on a live platform. So you can invest, you can, you know, buy currencies, commodities and everything and see how it reacts. It's just play money. It's uh but you can really learn how to invest. Adam was like, oh, 100,000 pounds? I was like, why would I put it on anything? I'm drawing yeah. out. What are you talking about? But really uh, a great way to learn investment. Absolutely. Ash, as, as you've just said, like investment, you can start with a really with a small amount and you can dabble and you can sort of see how you do. The reason why you tend to pay for investment is because you're, you're paying generally for advice. If advice. you don't know what you're doing, I need to add this disclaimer in there. If you don't know what you're doing, then sometimes it is better to get a Absolutely. professional and seek the help and you can go through and seek sort of advice that is out there to help you and support you on that journey rather than just going you know gone home with something you don't know what you're doing but i do think it is worth looking and exploring because different types of investments are out there for different people and depending yeah. on your circumstances not everything suits everybody so it depends no. on you know you might have something that you're um, very interested in the um, sort of the social side of your investments. You want to make sure the money is being, you know, going to good use, all that kind of Ethnical stuff. So I, that's it. So I think it's very important to look at what's out there in the market, compare how much it's going to cost you in terms of looking mm -hmm. at that advice thing versus how well. And this is where somebody like Kay, who does investment, you know, advice, will say, well, this is what you're going to, I'm going to pay me to do this, but this is what I'm going to give you back. And this is the service. So you, you can go out there and you can sort of see what's right for you. Um, but don't be put off because it seems like only wealthy people do that because... Okay that's how you no, no. get money behind you is by doing something with your Absolutely. money and trying yeah. to grow your money in the right way yeah so are uh, all fantastic guidance um, one last question here for ash and oh. adam come on ash and adam share the beard advice how do you get past the itching great show as well i actually use shampoo but beard shampoo it's a necessity and then i also moisturize i have my beard oil or which i'm I'm going to be like one of them YouTube influencers. Not the way it's just next to you on your desk there. Yeah. Get ready with me. You know, um, yeah. it's difficult. It gets itchy. It does get scratchy. But I also have no hair on my head. So unless I want to look like a mushy pea, which I do without <laughs> hair on one side, I have to give up and just have to go with it. Yeah, a good beard oil. As Adam said, I've got a couple of them as well. So I tried a few of them. And the one which worked really well as far as shining and it's Oregon oil. Um, Oregon so oil. O Oregon. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, hope yeah. I pronounce it properly. English Oregon is not oil. my first language. Oregon Oregon oil. Oil. Yes. Great yes, for your exactly. hair. Great for hair growth. Yeah. It's yeah. absolutely amazing. Um, and I had some lost hair loss and everything, and it, everything grow back. So absolutely, I love yeah. it. And rosemary oil. That's the new up and coming yeah. one. That's great. Adam's been on yeah. We yeah. need a whole new session with regards to that, Adam. Wow. Right. We are over time. Money but... tips and bear tips. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> There you go, Sophie and King. Get at it. Now. Money and beer. <laughs> Money and beard, yes. So before we go, um, so yeah, on I will say on TikTok as well, ignore those things that say interact with this post three times and wealth will find its way to you. It's all below. <laughs> Don't yeah, just ignore them. I see them all the time and I secretly like them. Reputable things, right? Reputable, trusted sources. 
to yes. learn stuff about money because you can go down many rabbit holes with yeah. trying to find things use government uh, you know sites to learn about money or trusted bank sites you know ones that you would trust to learn about money and what to do with it because there's so much so many articles yeah. out there to help you yeah. last so, fact what last fact what it goes to fraudulent activity right every 11 second one uk resident is um um, you know, caught in a fraudulent, um, a fraud bank fraud happens to every 11 second. So guys, please be careful with Twitter, with Instagram, all these ones, you know, please look at it uh, uh, very carefully. I got frauded and I don't even know how. I literally had to change banks and everything. They were taking like 300 quid a month from me. And I was yeah. cancelling them as soon as they came in. But before we go, just one last tip for employers that they can give their um, employees. And I'm going to start with myself and Mark, give you all some time to think about. And the one thing I used to do, um, and I absolutely swear by, is the income tax calculator and money supermarket or uh, money uh, saving expert. I think it's fantastic. It's not 100% accurate. But it's a great way to put in how much you think you're going to earn, how much you're going to have at the end of the month. And you can put your pension and stuff like that. And I just, I used to live on it. You know, when you're paycheck to paycheck, it is essential. So you can start planning in advance. You can start thinking, right, well, worst case scenario, I'm going to have this amount. And I'll share it in um, the comments for anyone who wants to share that with the team. And I'm especially thinking teams who have a lot of people who do overtime. Because people will be panicking, well, if I do loads of overtime, I'm not going to see the benefit from it. Why would I do all this overtime and get taxed so much? Well, actually plan it out. You know, plan your overtime as much as you can actually afford to do before it becomes no, not really beneficial anymore. And that way people are like, oh, that's really good. Because if I do that amount of overtime, I'll come out with that. You get your shifts covered. It's really good. You know, people can see what they're going to earn. Mark, what tip would you give for um, employers to give to their employees around financial well-being? I think for me, we have touched on it. Make sure that your staff know that they can, they're eligible for a blue light card. If they're doing a qualification, that they're eligible for a student discount card. I mean, I've got both and I love it everywhere I go. I'm like, do you take blue light? Do you take student? Everywhere I go. Um, I think we touched on it as well, credit scores. I remember when I did mine, it told me that I had something against it that was a court claim. It wasn't even me, it was a different Mark Tops. Managed to get that off and I was in the red and now I'm in the green. And I know you touched on don't use the colours. I love the colours. That's all I used. Um, Use the report. Yeah, no, just, not the the report. <laughs> I just I just printed it and gave it to my wife, who's a lot more savvy than I am. Um, and I think it's about you know just shop around. I think sometimes we spoke obviously about Lidl and Aldi, but actually sometimes even the supermarkets that you think might be out of your price range, like Marks and Spencers, actually are a lot cheaper than you realise for certain products. I think when it comes to kids' clothes, John Lewis is actually cheaper than Next. So you wouldn't think that, but so actually just shop around and, you know, it might spend, take you a bit more time to actually do that. But, yeah, that'd be my advice. Over to Ash. I'll come to you. Excellent. Two things I want to say. One is Mark already touched on, which was with regards to credit score. I've got three of my own children, and I consider my credit score to be my fourth child because it really helps me with everything, you know, whether it's buying house, whether it's getting a loan, whatever it is, I really treat it very well. Secondly is with regards to your pension. Keep an eye on your pension. What is the contribution? Where do you want to be? The same lifestyle that you have, can you sustain it when you retire? You need to ask yourself these questions. So these are my two tips. And uh, lastly, if you are serious about your credit score, download the app like Experian or any of these ones and check it once a month along with your budgeting app. On the, that 10th of the month or 1st of the month, both the apps open it because I know everybody check Instagram and Facebook just once a month. That's all I'm asking for, once a month. 
Thank you, you uh, Sophie, all yours. <laughs> Thank you, Ash. Um, I would say my um, top tip is utilize all the services that are out there. So we've spoken about so much stuff in this show tonight and it's a lot to digest. Um, everybody on this show who's watching is going to have a different situation you might just want to do a bit of tlc for your finances you might be give, making a call in terms of getting some debt support great so i would just say if you want to there's loads of different banks out there that offer um, or services that offer financial uh, you'll see call like financial health check financial like check-in we do our team do um and again don't have to bank with it with us or anything but utilize the experts would be my one thing from an employer talking to an employee. There are so many different experts out there and you're not, you're not promoting a, a particular brand or anything. The ultimate thing for me is that you're trying to get your employee the help and support that they need. Um, so I think it's very worthwhile just making sure that you've got something in the way of your local procedures, processes, intranet, something for them to reflect, you know, get the financial support that they need. Um, so they, they feel a bit more equipped to, um, you know, ask the questions that they need to. Brilliant. Thank you, Sophie. Kay, last but certainly not least. I think I would, so for me, employers um, kind of need to get it out there on the agenda for their staff. So financial wellbeing needs to form part of their overall wellbeing package. So mental health support, physical uh, wellbeing, all of the things that we talk about a lot and and then you know be honest with their staff you know if the business is struggling financially because of inflation and cash flow and stuff like that and people are asking for pay rises have the conversation about why that can't take place but maybe get offer them something else like a, a well-being day away from your from work or something like that so you know we we do well-being um financial well-being stuff and i'm sure that um sophie and, and ash do the same you know but yeah, we yeah. we have a financial education program in fact i was talking to a business about it today and we're going to go go into that business and support their staff but just have it on your agenda at your next kind of board meeting or managers meeting about what can we do to support our staff even if it's a a clinic for a day in a, in a month where somebody comes in that they've managed to source to talk to their staff about it or signposting like Sophie said have something on your intranet at work that signposts your staff to different places that they can get help from so whether it's about amalgamating pensions whether it's about workplace pensions which about debt management whatever that might be or just uh, a local financial planner that's local to your business that you can reach out to and then I think your staff will really thank you for it honestly thank you Oh, God, echo that I thought someone was coming in. Thank you all um, so much for tonight. Again, we know this has been around guidance and not advice, um, but it is something that is super important for everyone, um, whether you're... Oh, Ash is, Ash is bored of us and he's gone already. Yeah, <laughs> Bye, Ash. Literally, <laughs> <laughs> he's probably got cut off. He's like, nah, done with he's, this now. He's Can't probably wait. got cut off somewhere. <laughs> this is why we always have two, just in case. <laughs> Honestly, it's been uh, absolutely super informative. And like you said, Sophie, we've gone through so much tonight and it's a lot to take in. That's a really good job. You can catch this on demand as soon as this finishes. You can watch it back again and again and again and again and again and again and again. But I would say share this with your team. Share this within your organizations. You know, there's a lot of uh, guidance. I almost said the A word. Then there's a lot of guidance and top tips in here tonight that will really support um, a lot of people. And I just want to say a huge thank you for, for Sophie and Ash for joining us and Kay for joining us as well. 
Mark is always a mastermind behind most of the stuff we do at The Caring View. Um, yes, don't forget to hit subscribe. You can find everything on www.thecaringview.co.uk. Um, our current series is finished on the podcast now, which was all around entrepreneurs. I know, entrepreneurs and startups, probably quite relevant to this. And there's a ton of top tips in there around starting your own business. Series four of the podcast will start in June, and that's all around the big, large membership organizations in social care and why, as leaders, as people working in care, we really need to invest in what we do, our learning, our growth, our development, our conversations, our networking. Um, and we've got really great guests, Vic Rainer, Nadir Ahmed, Martin Green, you name it, they're on that podcast. So keep an eye out for that one. That one starts in June. I will not be here next week, but Mark will be. Um, so please do make sure you tune in. It's all around uh, mental health and well-being. Um, and we've got fellow podcasters, Liam Mark, joining us. Um, so that's going to be um, a really, really great show. So please do stay tuned. Until then, thank you so much. Oh, let's let's bring Ashen to say goodbye. Let's bring <laughs> Ashen to say goodbye. He says. He's got a spinning wheel. No. Oh. He's got a very spinny wheel there. I, yeah. Honestly, thank you all. <laughs> thank you all so much for joining us. Um, please don't be strangers. Um, it'll be great to have a catch up um, in the future, and even if we can see the 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 economic climate changing, some things that might be changing that's new that people need to know about. I'm sure we will do um, a follow up on at some point. But until then, stay safe, and Mark will see you next week live at seven thirty on our YouTube and LinkedIn. So take care. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to The Caring View. You can find us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, as well as various podcasting sites. Please don't forget to subscribe, like, and share to become part of the conversation.